thank the band and production for all they do for us. Guys are legends. Here early every Sunday, we appreciate you. And uh, no doubt, to be that good, you have to practice as well during the week. And uh, we do appreciate it. It's awesome. We get to enjoy the fruits of their labor, don't we? So good. Well, this morning, I've entitled my message, Roots Over Fruits. Roots Over Fruits. You know, a little, little bit about me. I was a strange child. Yes. I used to, uh, what was that, Clive? What a surprise. Mm-hmm. We'll talk later. <laughs> when, I was a, when I was a little kid, I was very little actually, I uh, used to love gardening. Used to, it was weird. I would go out in the morning and uh, weed. Yes. Not joking. Before school, I'd wake up early. Before school, my, all I wanted to do was get out in the garden and weed. <laughs> Pull out the weed. I know, that is so strange, isn't it? I told you I was a little bit of a strange child. I would weed the garden. Now, now there was purpose in mind. Like, it, it, when you weed a garden, it just looks absolutely spectacular. Like, it, it, nobody enjoys weeding. Nobody enjoys the work, the labour, the pulling out of the weeds and stuff like that. But I would push through for the end result and it was the smile on my mum's dial. It was so good. Like, they weren't my gardens. And unfortunately, they had a quarter of an acre of it. And uh, so there's a lot of gardens to have to do that too. But every morning, I wake up and I go out. And was like, this is like years and years of my high school years. Every morning, I'd go outside and weed the gardens. I'd plant and mulch and stuff as well. But you know when you get like the perfect garden finish and it's all nicely mulched? And, and I always wondered why I would have to fight these weeds all the time. And I realized one day... It's because I used the lawnmower clippings. <sighs> Literally. I, I just thought, well, it's dead. <laughs> I was a bit dumb too when I was in school. I got smarter though because I, I finished school. So young people stay in school and finish school because school makes you smart. And uh, anyways, that's a little bit about my childhood. I, didn't, uh, I wasn't so much into gaming or things like that. I enjoyed watching cooking shows. And uh, Ivana benefits because of that now. And I also enjoyed watching gardening shows, like Better Homes and Gardens. Who, who, hands, come on, be real with me. Who likes Better Homes and Gardens? Yes, me, all the old people, and a couple of weird young ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. It's got variety. It's got travel. It's got construction. It's got gardening. It's got food. It's got, it's got everything. And Dr. Harry, is he still on it? I don't watch it anymore. I don't watch TV anymore. But when I did watch TV, that's what I watched. Gardening or cooking shows. And I told you I was a bit strange. Anyways, Roots Over Fruits. That's the title of my message. I want to take a poll this morning to work out Emerge Morrowfield's favourite fruit. So uh, let's start. But a poll by hands. Let's start with strawberries. Okay, a few of them. No, 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 if you like them. Favourite. I want to know your favourite fruit, okay? So, strawberries. Okay, well, we got strawberries this morning for you. Watermelon? Yeah, we got a few. We also have watermelon for our lunch this, uh, well, lunch, it's probably not this morning. It'll be this morning when we finish in time for some food. Uh, mango? Yes, I'll put my hand up for that one. Mulberries? Very nice. Blueberries? Bananas? That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. My second favorite, bananas. Apples, the old favorite. Yeah, you're all sinners. 
Apple, Apple was the, the, like the sin fruit. I'm convinced. That's why you should only buy Samsung products. Amen? Android is the operating system of the Lord. Come on. God bless Android. Well, I think Mangoes has it. Yes? Come on. All you mango lovers. It was so good. We, uh, we actually saw a bunch of old mango fields and stuff on the way up the northern coast of Queensland. It was beautiful. All right, let me intro uh, my preach and uh, with this, this passage from John chapter 15 this morning. Jesus said, I am the true grapevine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to the, to the Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Let me pray this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Bible. We thank you for our time here at church, Lord. We thank you that we are able to gather today. God, we praise you and we glorify you. We magnify you, Lord. God, we exalt you right now. Lord, we thank you that this is the day that you have made. And Lord, we will rejoice in it. And Lord, I pray that this morning we would go out more inspired, more encouraged, more equipped. God, closer to you, I pray. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Well... Uh, I'm actually normally pretty good with plants, my uh, history of gardening, uh, but lately I've been struggling with a few. I, I thought it would be fantastic to put some plants in my office. And uh, I have an office at Warner, and uh, I'm blessed enough to have an office here at Morrowfield now too, which is pretty cool. And uh, so I bought this plant, you know, and I, I put it in there. I was like, okay, you know, it's low light. There'll be the, the lights on and stuff like that. I need to find a plant that, you know, will endure not much light. And uh, so I bought the, uh, it's like the, I forget the name now, it's like the, the white angel looking, like lily thing, super good, indoor. Peace lilies, yeah, the peace lilies. And, uh, and I put it in here and then at, at Warner I put a, uh, a fiddle leaf and because uh, there's a window there. I was like, well, you know, it can handle a little bit, you know, uh, less light, but it's an indoor plant and, you know, and I know the fiddly, thus fiddle leaf, and, but it's right, I'm here, I'll water it and I'll look after it and I'll shake it to pretend the wind is blowing through it. All the things I read that you have to do for fiddle leaves. Anyways, day by day, leaf by leaf, 
my fiddle leaf went brown, dropping the leaves, oh, freaking out. I'm like, what's going on with my fiddle leaf? And, uh, and it's like leaf by leaf, literally. And then I did some research. Maybe it's got root rot or whatever. And so I put it outside and air dried it out and put it back in. And I'm trimming all the brown off all the leaves. And it looks beautiful again. And that day by day, leaf after leaf, until there was two leaves left. And I gave up. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. They sold me a dud. I was convinced it wasn't me. They sold me a dud. And uh, so I put it outside, and it's still a dud because it lost the other two leaves. It is dead. And one of the other staff was like, no, 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 Joe, I'll, I'll save it. You can bring them back to life. I'm like, have at it. <laughs> and uh, it's still out the back of the church at Warner, and it's still very dead. It did not survive. It is done. Gone, finished. So I was like, well, it must have been that place. I'm never going back to that nursery. I won't name it and shame it. But anyways, I didn't think it was very good, and it wasn't my fault. It was the plant's fault. So I bought another one. In fact, this time I bought two. And uh, I was like, oh, this will be so good. I'll have one at Warner, I'll have one at Morrowfield. And uh, I bring it here and I realize there's no light at all here. And the peace lily was no longer at peace. <laughs> well, actually, it was very much at peace. <laughs> RIP, my lily. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was like, it was wilting. It was like bent over, beseeching heaven for life and a source of something to bring it back. And uh, so it's up in the loft now where there are windows, and uh, I feel like it might be somewhat surviving. I don't know, Jade, is it surviving? We're not sure. We're going to talk about it. Anyways, so I'm like, man, now, all right, I'll take it back. I'll take the other fiddle leaf back to Warner. And it's so beautiful. I had two. Like, my office looked like a jungle. It was fantastic. And uh, people would come in, and they'd, like, sift through the leaves to sit down and, and you know, counsel them, blah, blah, blah. And uh, anyways, yeah, you guessed it. It started again. Little bits of brown coming out. I'm like, why? It's got a window. I am watering it. I'm shaking it. I'm putting fertilizer. I'm doing everything I can for this stupid fiddle leaf. And then one of the other staff comes in and says, Joe, look, we've noticed that you're going through a time of struggle with these plants. And uh, yes, um, they actually need probably a little bit more light than you give it. And I was like, what? Like, so I then started like leaving the light on at night when I'd go home and probably not good for the electricity bill. But anyways, I was like, my plant needs the light and it wasn't going good. Like one of them was decaying a lot quicker than the other one. So I bought them off the church and took them home and put them at home and now I've revived them. And they are living, which is so good. So now I have two fiddle leaves at home and now I've got to buy two pots because they're sitting on plates at the moment. And, uh, but got me thinking. Have you heard the old saying? Out of sight. Out of mind. Yes. It's out of sight. It's out of mind. I wasn't thinking about the plant here at Paul Morrowfield, the peace lily, which is now resting in peace, I'm sure of it. Like, it, it is probably dead, dead. Yeah, I'm getting a nod from Jade. We cleared that one up. It is dead. The other ones have started to come back to life because they've got their, their source of nutrients back and things like that. And uh, so I've decided now for this office, there'll be fake plants only <laughs> at Moray Field. And uh, maybe up in the loft, we'll put some real ones. So who, who, hands up, let's do another poll. Who's a green thumb? Put your hand up if you're a green thumb. Wow, it's <laughs> not many of us. <laughs> well, there's a few more sneaking their hands up. Look, I am actually normally a green thumb. I've just had a little hiccup in my green thumb journey, all right? So uh, from now on, no more plants dying. They are going well, which is good. But... 
This whole passage that, that Jesus uh, shares here is that it's all around this concept of the vine, so the fruit vine, the grapes. And, and you know, it was uh, something that w- would have been, you know, a thing uh, in, in Israel, lots of fruit. It's mentioned all through the Bible, actually, wineskins, new wineskins, old wineskins. It was the first miracle that, that Jesus performed was water into wine. So, he uses this illustration of, of the vine, and he's saying, unless you are grafted into me, unless you are part of me, unless you are the branches, me being the vine, you will not produce anything. Now, I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with that statement because we can produce a lot without Jesus. Just look around at the cities that have been built and the, and the, the, the wealth that is created and, and the families that, you know, are, are being uh, built up and are all around us. But Jesus isn't just talking about something here that is of uh, tangible, you know, value. It's not just something of, of for the now, for earth. Jesus is talking about a spiritual truth here of something that holds eternal value to produce fruit. Remember, Jesus was all about storing treasures in heaven, not living for the now, but recognizing now is just a blink of an eye. It's about where we're going and it's about bringing where we're going down to here as well. And so he's saying, I want you to produce much fruit, not just fruit that you can enjoy for now. I want you to produce much fruit fruit that will never die, fruit that will last forever. It was a common thread through Jesus's ministry. The, the woman at the well, I'll, I'll give you water that will cause you to what? Never thirst. Again, it, it wasn't just about the now. Jesus was ministering to us about our forever, our soul, our spirit. Remember, this is just a temporal tent. It's just, it's just for now. Jesus is about where we're going. So he starts talking and he, and he says that God cuts off every branch that does not produce fruit. But he said to the ones that do produce fruit, he prunes them. It's the exact same thing, really. It's a cutting away. It's a cutting back. You know, sometimes when, when I'm going through some difficult times in, in, in my year and, uh, and I, I just take a step back, I pause for a moment, I think about it, I'm like, hang on, maybe God's doing something here. Maybe there's some uncomfortable, you know, scenarios at the moment and circumstances and situations I'm going through. Maybe it's because God is cutting me back a bit. Maybe He's pruning me. You know, I I heard this uh, incredible thought from someone this week, just, uh, they were sharing to me about their time uh, in devotion in the morning with God, and they were just saying that it's like, they feel like for the church, of Australia, probably the church of the world, but it was, it was, it was sharing it to me as a word for us here, that, that at the moment that God, God is turning over the soil, that there's a, there's a, there's a turning over the, the, like the hard soil and the weeds and there's cutting, there's digging, you know, getting the backhoe in there and, and like slashing things out and, and, and that's messy, it's uncomfortable and, and it's, it, doesn't really look nice while it's going on either, but, but what happens is the seed that the farmer, the seed that God is, is throwing out there, I believe the seed's out there. And what happens though, when you turn the soil over, it allows the seed to go in. Because remember, the seed that stays on top gets snatched away, or the seed that just goes into shallow ground, you know, it withers away, but the seed that goes down deep 
And so there's this turning over of the soil, and maybe you're going through some stuff at the moment. I know I, last year and this year, have been frustrated with, with church. I've been frustrated with Sundays. I've been frustrated because I want to see people saved. I don't want to see, you know, oh, sorry, you can't come to church this Sunday. Like, let's go on rotation and come fortnightly. Oh, now we got a ticket. Oh, sorry, now you got to watch from home. Like, it's just so frustrating as a pastor. And for me, because I'm bent towards evangelism and seeing the family of God grow, it, like, I was getting so annoyed. I'm like, okay, well, hang on, take a step back. Maybe, it's a novel thought, but maybe God's at work here. Maybe something's happening for the Church of Australia. Maybe there's a turning over our soil and that's not bad. It's good. There's good to come. There's more seed. The seed's going to go deeper in our lives and there's more seeds that are going to germinate, more souls that are going to be added to the family. And that got me really excited. I was like, that's good. And, and so it leads me to this thought with the, the cutting and the pruning. We don't want to be cut off from Jesus. We, we don't want to stop engaging in church, do not forsake the gathering. That's what the Bible says. No, no, put the gathering above, you know, other things so that you can encourage each other and be encouraged, that the gifts can be worked out of your life to the others around you. And the, the pruning, well, it, it's sort of weird to say enjoy the pruning because <laughs> not only does it hurt <laughs> when you get pruned, but it also looks really bad and bare. You're like, well, now I've got nothing to give because, you know, it's got to wait for things to grow. But again, that's okay. Sometimes it's just about I mean, cutting back, stripping back things out of your life. I'm going to, well, do I really need this? You know, what, what, what's important at the moment? I know a lot of people ask you, what's important at the moment? What really matters? You know, they, they lock us up and instantly we want family. We want connection. We want, how dare they take our two visitors away from us? It's like, you know, well, for, for my, my family, that's okay for them or not. For Yvana and I, like, it's just two of us, but my other family, well, they've got more than 10 in the household anyway. So, you know, they definitely can't have anyone else. Like, I'm not sure which of the kids got kicked out for that week, but anyways, <laughs> no one did. It was annoying, though. It was my brother's birthday, and we couldn't even go over and say happy birthday. So, that's all right. Facebook calls. How good are Facebook? You use the Facebook calls. Man, every, you can, you, everyone can put their own filter on their own mask, their own hat, their own moustache. I had a black moustache over top of my red one. It was awesome. <laughs> Sidetrack. Back to the pruning. It's not enjoyable. It's not nice, but it is good for us. And so maybe if you're going through something, maybe, I'm not saying it is, but maybe is God pruning. So ask God, 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 why is this being taken away or why isn't this growing as quickly as I thought. Well, there's a process, but staying in the vine is what's important. Jesus then said these things. He said, you, he, he said it twice. He said, you gotta, he said, without me, you can't produce fruit. And he said that if you're my true disciples, you'll be producing much fruit. Not just a little bit of fruit, much fruit. That's, what, that's, that's the whole concept of my message for this morning for us, is that I, I want you to desire to go from 30-fold, if you're seeing 30-fold fruit in your life, to 60-fold. And if you're seeing 60-fold fruit in your life, to go again and go for a 100-fold fruit in your life. Wherever you are, whatever you're producing, ask, oh God, I want to produce more. 
I want to produce more fruit, much fruit. Those who produce much fruit are my true disciples. So, leads me to fruit. What is fruit? What is the fruit that God is talking about here? Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, Jesus said, you can identify them, people, us humans, by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. So, our actions is our fruit. What we do, remember, faith without works is useless. What type of faith can save anyone if there's no works in partnership. We've got to have faith and we've got to have works. They go hand in hand. We can't be just works, we can't be just faith. We can't just hope and believe and pray and that's it. We've also got to put that into action, act on our faith. There's a synergy with this. By the way they act, that's our fruit. You can pick grapes from, sorry, can you pick grapes from thorn bushes? No. Can you pick figs from thistles. No. So, if our actions is our fruit, then we are producing what we are. The fruit you produce, what you are currently producing in your life, is who you are. And it's a really good way to take stock of where you're at and what you're doing and who you are and, and, and how grafted into the vine you are. So look at your life, what, what are you producing? Because an apple tree will only ever produce apples. That's just what it does. A grapevine will only ever produce grapes because it's a grapevine. You're not going to walk through a vineyard and start picking off plums. You can hope all you want for a plum. Big, juicy, like massive purple plum. You're not going to get it. You're only going to get grapes because you're in a grape vineyard. So, look at your life, you go, well, this is what I'm producing, this is, this is my natural action. When something happens, this is how I instantaneously think in response. Take stock of those moments, maybe look at yourself this week and you, how you respond to your loved ones, how you respond to work colleagues, how you respond to circumstances and, and have a, take stock and go, what, what is my natural reaction? Because that's what you are inside. You will only produce the fruit of what you are. Getting a little bit deeper now. So, how are you acting? Are you getting angry? Not that you can't get angry, but the Bible says be slow to anger. Be slow to anger. Outburst? No. Slow. You shouldn't just get angry about anything and everything. Are you getting impatient? Are you getting depressed? What are, you, what, are you, what are you getting? What are you becoming in each of your weeks? The Bible says this in Galatians chapter 5. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. So, we talked about the plant, we talked about the fruit, 
Now we've got to talk about the roots. Because this is where it all comes to a culmination. This is where it all, this is where it's all coming from. This is where it's all going to, and this is what's important. You see, good fruit comes from healthy roots. My fiddle leaf had root rot. It died. Good roots promote a good tree or a good vine or a good plant, which by default will produce good fruit. You can actually tell how the roots are by the fruit. If you're getting messy fruit or messy stuff going on, or if there's constantly the result of what you do in your life is just not that great, that's not a sign to worry about all those things and keep chasing after this fruit and that fruit. And well, if I just get rid of these, maybe the other ones will grow bigger or whatever. No, 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 that we're missing the whole point there. Don't worry about the fruit. Focus on the roots. Focus on the roots. Roots die first, then the plant. What, what's going on down here in the privacy, in the personal time, it, that's what all you have to do. That's, that's it. That's what's creating out here. I remember riding my bike. Uh, I, I loved downhill mountain biking. I used to go all through crazy tracks and stuff and uh, got into it because I couldn't drive. I was too young. And uh, so I loved it. It was fantastic. I used to go riding off for, for hours. And there was this one day where we was like, come screaming around through this track out behind uh, 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 Northwind Dam. And uh, found, found this cool track and screamed around the corner and, you know, skidded up onto an end. And had a couple of my boys there. And we were having a fantastic day. It was so good. We'd been out the whole day and backpack and water pipe and snacks. It was, it was awesome. We were going for it. And uh, we just, we get this spot, this beautiful lake. We're like, we'll have a snack here. We'll start, we'll pause for a moment. And, uh, you know, boy nature, we want to do boy things. And uh, we found this big dead tree. Like, this will be fun. <laughs> so we start shaking it. <laughs> we, got this, we got these little ones first. We managed to, like, push them over. It was awesome. Feeling, you know, strong and a little bit destructive. It was It was fantastic. <laughs> And uh, I, then, I then walk up to this next one. I'm going somewhere with this. And I'm like, this is going to be a good one, guys. So I start shaking this thing like crazy. And then, boom, I heard this crack. And I'm like, she's coming down. And then out of nowhere, my three mates are like, Joe, duck, duck. And I'm like going like this. And boom. Straight in. Oh, wow, you can see the dimple here. Straight into my leg, this branch snapped off. I thought it was the tree. I was like, you know, victory. I was so strong, pushing this thing over. And this tiny little branch at the top. It wasn't that tiny, though. It's about, it about two metres long. Boom! Like, straight into my... Straight, like, like it, didn't, it, it couldn't have hit me any better. Like, just bam, straight in. Like, you can see the scar there. That's literally a scar. I can't believe it's showing through my pants. That's weird. Anyways, it went straight into my leg. I'm freaking out, as you can imagine. And, uh, you know, it ricocheted off, but it left some, uh, some you know, splinters and stuff in, inside my leg. And, like, um, it starts to, like, like, trickle down. There's a little bit of blood starts coming out of my, my leg. Sorry if you don't like blood. Um, this stuff started trickling out of my, my leg and coming down and 
I'm, I'm like, quick, someone, quickly. Like, the only thing I could, could worry about was the blood not hitting my sock. It's like, mum's going to kill me if that blood trickles down and gets to my sock. That's all I could. And the guy's are like, Joe, you got a hole in your leg. And you're worrying about the blood on the sock. I'm like, yes, mum's going to kill me. And so I'm like, quick, rip your shirt off or something. And one of the guys like, ripped his sleeve off and wrapped it around and like, the blood still got down in my sock. I was so annoyed. Anyways, we're riding home and I get in. I try and sneak to the bathroom and start dealing with this hole in my leg myself because I didn't want to get in trouble for pushing a tree over and, you know, being a boy. And uh, I couldn't hide it. There's a hole in my leg. And uh, I managed to get this splinter out and mum's helping me and we pull it out and bandage it up and put the betadine on it and all that stuff. And uh, mum was like, you know, you should really go out into the sun and, you know, let it dry up so it'll scab over and sort itself out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, you know, off I go, you know. Uh, you know, um, it, w- it wasn't actually high school. It was my first year of university, actually. Crazy. Wow. Time flies. Anyways, I, go, I actually had to go back to work. And study, and so I use a golf putter as a walking stick because my my legs started getting sore. And uh, long story short, after three weeks, I decided to finally obey my mum and go out and sit in the the sun. And because uh, I was like, God, why isn't this thing healing? Like, it's not that big of a hole. Like, you designed the body to heal itself. Like, what's going on? And uh, I looked down and I'm like, Oh, what is that? So I asked mum to bring out a torch and some tweezers. And I'd, I'd go down into the, to the hole because the first splinter that came out was 13 mil long and it was about 7 mil wide. So we pull that bad boy out and we thought, well, that's it. And uh, I touched this thing thinking, oh, it's scabbing up from the inside. That's wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, nope, it was a lot harder than a scab. And I start wiggling it and then I grab it and I pull it out and it was another 13 millimeter deep splinter. It was about 3 mil wide, that one. It was like down in my leg. And uh, I would have seen it if I'd have gone out in the sun. So the moral of that story is about your mum. And uh, it will be well with you and you will live a long life. Amen. It's a Bible verse. You know why that, that tree got that way, though? That did that damage to me? Not because of, of the leaves and the branches or even the trunk. It's because of the root. It started to die. And the result was the extremities first, losing the life source, working its way down until the tree was dead. We have to give attention to where we are planted and what we are planted in. What you have become comfortable, what have you, question, what have you become comfortable with? What have you become comfortable in? Where have you settled? I want to encourage you, we don't need to focus on what's left and right. We need to focus on this. We need to focus on our relationship with God. We need to give attention to our roots. Farmers don't actually look when they go to a property. They don't, they don't look for the beautiful scenery. They don't look for the, you know, the right view. All they care about is the dirt. All they care about is, is this good soil and is there water? Cattle farmers, they, they, they don't, they're not looking for, you know, the, these beautiful, you know, locations or, you know, where am I going to be able to get, you know, the, the, to, the, to town the quickest or something. No, what they're looking for is the best grass. Is there food and is there water for my cattle? So you get the right, you get the roots right, 
the fruit will take care of itself. It's like the old saying, you can't put the cart before the horse. You've got you to take care of the roots to, to have the fruit. Roots aren't beautiful. They're not nice to look at. They're not pleasant. They're, in fact, they're dirty. They're messy. They're not even seen. It's not the stuff that everyone can see. It's the stuff that people can't see. That's what's important. Ask yourself, what, what, are, you, what are you putting in? What do, what, do, what do you have to live off at the moment? Uh, are you living off media and news where well, you're probably going to get anxiety and, and you're probably going to get fear? Uh, uh, what, are you, what are you putting out? Are you living off of Netflix? Are you living off of what, the, what my uncle said? Or what, what, are you, what are you taking in? What are you allowing to be, to be spoken over you or to be thought from within? What are you allowing? Because that's what you will produce. The book of James says this in chapter 3, does a spring of water bubble out? with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So we need to worry about the life source, the food, the water, the, the well. What well are we drinking from? What, what, what's the dirt? Are we adding fertilizer? Are we, what, what fuel have we got to live off? It's like our cars. You don't put fuel in your car, you're not going to get very far. Like, I enjoy playing with the fuel light. It is a bit of fun. Brings some excitement into my relationship with Yvana. You know, when that red light comes on, we see how far we can get. And uh, I haven't, hasn't failed me yet. There's only one time when I've jerked into a petrol station. And uh, thankfully, Yvana wasn't with me that time. I was by myself. And uh, managed to get fuel. Didn't have to push the car. Has anyone ever <laughs> run out of fuel? Some of you, yes, see, you know what I mean? You've got to put fuel in to be able to run. Jesus said, remain in my love. He is the vine, we are the branches. Remain in my love. This whole passage was about staying with him, about staying in relationship with him to focus on the vine, to focus on where the source of life is coming, to focus on the fuel that you need to live. If you're struggling, if you're, if you're weary, if you're, if, you're, if you're not walking with your head and shoulders back as you once were excited about the future and this and that, maybe, maybe you need to add a bit more fuel in. Maybe, maybe the fuel has got a little bit dirty. Maybe it needs a filter change or, or, or to empty it out and, and put good fuel in. See, fuel is important. It's the love of Jesus. It's remaining in relationship with Him. You know, love is an overused, undervalued, perverted, complicated, difficult to maintain concept in our world. Real love is this, 1 John 3.16. We know what real love is, because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. You see, this is who Jesus is to you. He is love. He has intense feelings of love, of deep affection for you. He died for you. He has a great interest and pleasure in his relationship in you. 
It's the greatest source of life that you could ever have. He said, hey, you, you stay in me and you'll have joy. You'll not just have joy, but you'll have a joy that overflows in your life. He wants you. And that's the type of, that's the type of fruit that is then going to be able to be produced. And that's the type of fruit that the world around us needs. You see, the world gives us quick fixes. The world, the world will give us something that, that gives us an instantaneous you know, moment of gratification, but the, but the Word of God, the Bible, it gives us everlasting truth. Our love and our relationship with Jesus, that's the source of life that you need to, to go to. And Jesus said daily, Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 25, He said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? Can I get the band to come back up, please? Daily. We need to fuel up daily. We need to invest into our relationship with God daily. Not just believing Him, not even just spending time with Him, but also putting the work to that faith. Doing the actions will be known by our fruit. And so going to God, getting your top up of fuel, and then going out and producing what that fuel enables you to do. Let, let me say this, when you get low, you can't be confident. Like you can't go as fast to places as you normally can. Like, you know, you're going down the hill, you're putting in neutral to the angel gear to save fuel. And I've done it all. But when, you, when you're full, you can be confident. You can put your foot down and get to places as fast as you need. When you're low, you can't be ready for the moment. When you get low, you can't go the distance. You, you won't make it to the end of your journey. When you get low, you start to question things. You start to allow the world to creep back in. You start to rely on other means of fuel or, or you, you turn off on your journey because you're like, well, well I'm not going to make it there, but here looks okay. Here looks good enough. I'll just, I've gone far enough in God for 2021. You know, it's too difficult. It's like church is like a yo-yo at the moment. I'm like in, I'm out. It's online. It's not online. It's mass. There's no mass. Don't get off the journey. Don't, don't worry about, you know, well, this looks okay. No, no, no. That's because you might have got a little bit low on fuel. We need to up, fuel up daily. Get it back to full. Because when you're full, you have more than enough. You have so much in your tank now that you, you, can, you can pull over and help someone that's run out of fuel. You, you can siphon it out of you into them. You can graft them in to the vine. When you're full, you don't second guess yourself. You're stable. You're full of vision. You're confident and bold. When you're full, you're a force to be reckoned with. Come on, you can, you can walk into places and go, well, it might be difficult, but I know someone who can do the impossible. Well, I can't see right now how this is going to turn around for good, 
but, I, but I'm full of the Holy Ghost and I've got the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living inside of me. Come on, I'm full. What does it do? It builds faith and you start to think, man, I can do this. I, I'm going to see this healing happen. I'm going to see that loved one come back to God. I, I'm going to be able to do what God has asked me to do. I'm going to be able to influence the world around me for good and for love. Come on, when you're full, you won't give up. You got the energy, you can go the distance, you're going to make it. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet this morning? All right, I want to remind you, come on, that your fuel is Jesus. Remain in me, remain in my love. Remain in your relationship with me. Come on, read the Word, go to church, worship Him, spend time, access. Come on, pull up to that Bowser. Grab that handle and start to put Jesus into your life. Don't, don't, don't sit on the couch and just think that it's going to happen when you're watching all the other stuff and you, you, you're spending, you know, 40 minutes on this episode and it creeps through to the next one or, you know, well, the kids have been ratty lately and I just haven't had time to spend it with God. No, no, make time. Make time. Just like you will not, your car won't make it if it doesn't have fuel. You won't make it unless you remain in His love. Come on, the Word of God is it's alive. The Word became flesh. The Word is Jesus.